Hello and welcome to the Screaming Cinema Podcast. Uh, your ears are not uh, mistaken. You here actually back after a nice long hiatus. Uh, some of it planned, some of it unplanned, but got part of the gang back together here today to talk about a bunch of movies we've been watching, uh, just catch up and kind of get back on track with the podcast here. So if you're still subscribed, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging around. But um, I'm here joined with James Cole Clay. What's up? Hey, hey. Uh, as well as press and barda howdy uh and yeah we're just gonna just gonna talk some movies man we have a lot of stuff i know we obviously watched the last five months can't go through that all or be a eight hour podcast but highlight some uh some recent releases some uh, you know some gems you've been watching and just yeah just shoot the shit and talk about movies so thanks for joining us here yeah. um j j jams jams i saw that that was cracking me up oh i love it i love it i love it i did uh i, I don't know if i told you guys about that but on uncut gems i bought the blu-ray I watched half of it. It stressed me out and I took it out of my player and I hadn't, I have never finished it. I watched three quarters of the movie. <laughs> oh, I, bought, man. I bought the Criterion 4k though. So I have a reason to revisit it, but I just, it was in the headspace and the mood where I was like, genuinely like, I cannot watch this right now. It just was giving me an uh, anxiety <laughs> attack, which I guess is the point of it. So it definitely well, <laughs> did its job there. I, Gosh, I, I Yeah. We can, yeah. we can, uh, rec- Cole and I can recommend Shiva baby to you as well which is yeah. also a great anxiety inducing film. Yes, Perfect. I'll, so. I'll have to wait till I'm not actually anxious about anything before I watch that to, to create some of it on my own. It's <laughs> half the runtime of uncut gems and it's on HBO True. max. So, True. so it's not as, not as intense, but there's some, it's crazy. You should watch that. Yeah, definitely. So horror wise, since we've been gone, scream nightmare alley antlers, Ghostbusters, kind of, Last night in Soho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, just tons of stuff coming out. So uh, I don't know if there's anything particular that interests you guys that want to start something off or something totally outside of that. And just, yeah, just. Oh, yeah. Preston talked about this movie about a month ago. He he did some interviews for it, but I never got to go see it. I haven't rented it. I've wanted to. It's called like You See Me Now or I See You or something like See for me. See for me. what was that was that worth it um yeah so ifc uh midnight has a few two solid midnight films uh this year that i've seen so far so the, one of them is see for me this one was the first movie that i saw uh in 2022 or what is a official 2022 film and um yeah, I, I talked to the director and um, yeah, it's a, it's a really solid film. So it's about like this. So think, think, uh, don't breathe with a little bit of hush. So it's about a blind woman who um, like house sits. And so she, but she's also a bit of a con artist herself. And so she goes to house sit at somebody's house and um, she uses this app called see for me so it helps blind people to uh be able to find their everyday things is this milk expired hey is 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 this what i'm looking for can you help me unlock the door that sort of stuff so they help them do like everyday simple tasks whenever somebody's not around to help them um so really neat idea i have i have yet to look in to see if there's uh actual apps that are like that but i would not doubt it right um 
And then, so on top of that, there's like a panic room style robbery going on. So there's this whole situation going on with the person that she's house sitting for is going through a divorce and uh, she go she decides to go on a vacation. And so she's house sitting and the husband hires a crew to go uh, steal the crap out of the safe. And there's like multi-million dollars in there. Um, and so that's going on. And so uh, the, the app people are trying to help her navigate this situation with guns. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty solid. Uh, not, not like super great. I'm not going to... Uh, I mean, there's going to be a, a lot of great horror movies that are going to come out this year, and I don't know if it's going to stand uh, stand out in our minds by the end of the year. But uh, for for right now, uh, for a movie to like kick off the year is pretty good. Yeah, I've been wanting to see it. I just haven't been able to remember the title, so that's probably part of the reason why I haven't been watching. Uh, no, but I know. I feel like there's so many stuck out to me. There's so many that are like that. Like, see me, come see. Yeah, just with that. Where you gotta oh, all get come kind of, see, yeah, yeah. Mixed see for together. me is a cool title. When, yeah. when once he explains what the movie's about, mm-hmm. it's like okay, that's cool, you know. So yeah, but will anything be able to touch Midnight Mass this year? Who knows? No. <laughs> I know. I'm. I was trying to go through. I've been bad at uh, Letterbox. I want to go back and double check. 2021 ratings and horror ratings and stuff like that to kind of piece together my top 10. I've just seen so many movies in the last like month and a half and I still have a handful I need to see for last year before I put it together. So it'll probably be like March when no one cares what, what my rankings were for 2021 by the time I actually get something we care. together. <laughs> yeah. You well, care. That's what matters. Yeah, we'll talk about it eventually. Um, I wanted to talk about a movie that I'd never heard of, didn't know anything about, and I was on my flight uh for a business trip and i saw the night house and mm. i was i had no idea about like i said to- went in totally blind hadn't even seen a trailer for it wasn't expecting a lot but i'd like to watch sometimes some some horror movies or dramas on flights because you're not missing the action the 4k things like that and and this movie surprised me i think it's definitely going to be on my top 10 horror list probably top five horror list for last year it's a 2020 title that came out in 2021 i believe uh, starring rebecca hall but this is a really unique and interesting story it kind of combines the best of some of the cinematography and shots of art house films actually has what at least i thought was a decent screenplay uh and has some legit scares so it's about a woman whose husband kills himself and she starts to as a grieving uh widow now just figure out you know why did he do it find some creepy random shit find some old videos and kind of goes down this rabbit hole of was my husband an occultist what's happening and mm-hmm. i definitely don't want to give away any of the of the twist but they have some really cool kind of like reverse shots like us where everything's backwards and have some things where she's drinking a little too much brandy so it's is is it a reliable narrator is what's happening real for her and just kind of going down that, that path. But yeah, I was on letterbox, like three and a half, three and a half stars. I, I, I put it four stars, but I definitely surprised me and is, is definitely one of my favorites. I wasn't expecting this last year. Have either of you guys seen it? Yeah. I went to the theater to see it. How did I not know about this movie? <laughs> I just missed it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I'm pretty sure searchlight released it, mm. um, but yeah, so I went to see it and 
a couple uh, making out. Well, not like we weren't all making out. They were making out. I was on my own watching the movie. Um, watching them. Um, <laughs> no, watching them uh, watch the movie. Uh, now, I liked it. I thought Rebecca Hall was good. I thought the movie really just kind of took too long to like dole out exactly like dole out like what was what was happening. And then by the end of it, um, it, it, it drug. The, I liked the ideas and yeah. I liked the filmmaking and I, I Rebecca Hall's fantastic. Um, and if you like that movie, there are several movies that are pretty much just her acting like this um, that she's done um, in recent years. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely am positive on it. I just was, I wanted a little more or the movie to kind of just tonally based on like the tone of it and how a lot of it is very quiet yeah it really needed to be a little more potent i think with its runtime well act two definitely maybe 100 minutes yeah yeah that's the thing but it's a good movie man but there was some really great stuff setting up and there's some i mean the thing is is rebecca hall's very good i mean have you seen christine that's the one i was gonna recommend Uh, i don't think so Okay, it's on Netflix, or at least it should be. Just just look it up. Just write it down. Look it up. Got it. Look at the trailer. It's essentially about. It's a true story. Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler to say, but like it's about a newscaster, a woman in her early thirties who kills herself on local news. So, oh shit. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. Uh, but it's a, it's a it's a great movie and it's sympathetic. And uh, Anthony Campos did it. So if you saw Devil all the time. Yeah. It's the same director as that that guy. Um, but I think this is a much better film. Um, so yeah. I did like that scene where it shows her going in to like collect her grade book, uh, like the day after her husband yeah. dies, and this mom comes in and she's like, Hi. And she's like, I'm sure you know my son got a C. And she's like, No, I didn't. And she's like, You want to be? And she's like, Yeah, she's like, I don't I don't give a shit. Like, I'll give you an A. Like, my husband just killed himself. And she's like, No, that, that, that's not what I meant. That's not what I wanted. Just this great, uh, a great well, random scene in there too. As uh, Preston and I are, are both, um, we both are um, with educators <laughs> romantically. Parents do that shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and kids and college students do that shit. They're crazy. You're like, dude, you have no idea what's going on in my life. I'm a, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good movie though. I mean, it yeah. should be on HBO Max now. So maybe maybe hulu actually since it's a searchlight movie yeah i need um, to find out i caught it on the plane but yeah hulu's got the goods man hulu's got the goods these days it's funny because nightmare alley and is on hulu and hbo max i was so shocked when you told me nightmare alley i was like all right looks like it's coming out on disc on this day and it's not going to be yeah. on demand until this and then just popped up it's like hbo max didn't announce that they're going to be doing any of the kind of same day releases like they did last year but they keep putting shit on there super early and i definitely am digging it i love i love being able to kind of check it out make sure it's good enough to buy or or, you know get at it early because i hate paying 20 dollars to rent a movie if i'm not sure about it i have to be totally certain and i definitely dodged a bullet with just one movie i'll take half a second talking about which is resident evil raccoon city i almost (laughs) bought it there were three months it was on there to rent for $20. Finally waited till the day it came out and watched it. And it was just a piece of garbage, horrible acting, horrible story. It makes like resident evil five look like a masterpiece. So definitely avoid. I haven't seen any of them past the second one, but I know this is like a, a redo and it's got uh, who's in it. Kaya Scottelario. 
Mm-hmm. She the one who's in it has some yeah. god awful CGI. <laughs> she has not had a good first quarter, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, because she had this film. Have you guys heard about this movie? Uh, the King's Daughter, I think is what it's called. Are you all familiar with, with mm-hmm. The King's Daughter with uh, Kaya Scardellario and uh, Pierce Brosnan? So this movie was filmed in 2014 and just now was released last month in theaters. How insane is that? Wow. Yeah, that is. So, yeah, and it's just like a huge embarrassment for all these actors who are like, <laughs> you know, who they're like releasing this movie, uh, you know, now. And um, it's just kind of wild to me that these movies, you know, it's got to be a rights thing or something like that. But, you know, I feel bad for the actors. They're the ones who are like have nothing to do with all of this and yet are the ones that are really having to, you know, literally be the face of it. Yeah, so it's Pierce Brosnan, Kaya Scottolario, William Hurt, uh, Pablo Schreiber, Rachel Griffiths. Yeah, it's it's anyway. I mean, the movie doesn't exist and it doesn't matter. You know, it's fine. But it's uh, oh, yeah. Benjamin Walker. Um, uh, The old old vampire hunter himself. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Um, So anyway, I don't know why I'm going on about it, but it's just kind of crazy to me. Um, I have. To bring it back to horror, you could just say, hey, there's a possibility that movies that have been on the shelf for a long time can turn out good because there's Cabin in the Woods. Yes, Cabin in the Woods. Which was shot in 2009 and then it came out in 2012. Yeah, that's there's a couple more, I think, like that. Um, But that's the best one because that's, you know, like one of my favorite movies. That's like one of the most like rewatchable movies to me. Absolutely. Like, dude, I can watch it. So I know Preston and I talked about it. Max, did you see the Steelbook that's getting released for it from Lionsgate? Yeah, I saw a bunch of people pick it up today or saw the news of it drop today on a bunch of little speeds. Oh, man. I'm absolutely buying that. Those Lionsgate steelbooks have been really nice. How is no one copying them? It's like incorporate a cool half clear sleeve and it makes it awesome. Like I'll even buy shitty movies with them because they're just cool. (laughs) Um, And it protects it doing double duty there. So you don't have to have some, some weird packaging. You know, Ron ran. Oh yeah. You know, like these are so cool. Yeah. Um, I've never even seen this movie and I was like, this just looks so awesome. I have to buy it absolutely so anyway um i mean i've been watching so i haven't really been interested too interested in very many new things that's kind of what my deal has been um it's been hard for me to kind of get you know in the swing of it but i did see i mean i've seen two movies that are well besides jackass forever which is like incredible (laughs) but i did see i did see no, never mind. That's not a horror movie. What am I thinking? Um, I and this one really isn't either, but it's it's well worth both of your time. It's um, Steven Soderbergh's movie Kimmy. Have you all heard of Kimmy? Mm-hmm. It's on my list. Seen? It dropped on seen? HBO, right? Yeah, it it is. Man, it is a uh, as they say a taut thriller. Very good. Um, it really incorporates COVID in a way that is integral to the character's psychology into the character's decision-making and into just the overall dread of the film itself. So Zoe Kravitz is an agoraphobic. She doesn't like to leave the house since uh, there's an event that happens, but with COVID the added pressure of it and it's not obnoxious. Soderbergh is incredibly classy with like factoring this in to the story, but she's in her apartment in New York Um, or maybe it's Chicago actually. Um, 
but it's been a couple of weeks since I've watched it. I guess that's kind of irrelevant. Seattle. I knew it was somewhere that I'd been recently. Um, <laughs> But no, it was in Seattle. And so she works for like a tech company. That's what it is. And she uncovers some audio that has to do with a murder. And what unfolds after that is just incredibly compelling. You know, great primer for her and the Batman. Um, She's slinking around corners and scared and man, but determined as fuck. Um, She's great in this movie. What's the story on the release with this? I think I saw, was this originally going to get a big release and then they just no, man, Soderbergh, HBO Max straight up or dude, Soderbergh is the man. He's so cool. He has don't it seemingly from my perspective, what I take from it as a consumer and as somebody who has like done film criticism for a, a while is that he has no ego with that. He's like, look, I'm making my film. This is what I want to make. I don't need to make something that's going to be, big i don't need to be a big screen i just want to make this content essentially i want to make this art you know but he does it in a way that's almost so sterile that it's kind of like art disguised as just content it's it's really interesting to me so it's kind of it kind of falls in line with like unsane mm-hmm. uh it, it's a smaller film than no sudden move which went straight to hbo max and that's a great place for that movie you know i don't know if y'all watched no sudden move last year brendan fraser Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro. I mean, it's a pretty solid movie. I like Kimmy more um, just because it's a little more focused. But in No Sudden Movie, you get a really great Matt Damon performance. But this is just a really well done thriller. It has the tone of like a Fincher kind of thing, like mm-hmm. um, like Panic Room, something like that. You know, really well made. Um, just a well done film. Highly recommend it. I give it like a B plus or something like that. I really nice. like it. I'm excited. That yeah. was one of the ones I added. I was talking before we started. 90 minutes. 90 I was minutes, dude. Going through, I think I have seven subscriptions now to streaming platforms. And I'm like, what am I missing? So I was adding to my list on HBO and then going over to Peacock and Paramount Plus and Netflix and Amazon Prime, trying to make sure I'm not missing. So last night before I started Antlers, oh, I was man. like, how do I like have like 15 movies I need to watch? How do I figure out what to do first? Uh, just kind of work my way through it. Yeah. Doesn't that make you feel a lot more organized, you know, yeah. to be able to do that, but it, it overwhelming um, to really kind of just be like, okay, because there's a lot of great shit on these movies. And then you got a wall full of movies and you're like, well, I've spent thousands of dollars on this. Why am I not watching, <laughs> you know, whatever. Tonight. And review copies piling up. Having to don't even get don't even get me started. <laughs> rewatch a shitty movie in 4K to post a review about it. So I mean, it just kind of brings you back to like you really have to figure out like what you value with physical media and stuff like that. Like yep. first, part of it's just being like, wow, this is really cool looking. And Absolutely. That's enough for me. And because, I'm gonna have it forever. I'll be watching on my 4K player when no one has it when I'm retired, going through all my you, movies again. You can rewatch those Scream Factory interviews over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. Red Shirt Productions. That's right. Preston, what about you? I know you've seen a million movies. What do you want to highlight or talk about or get into here? Yeah, I've done a lot of television stuff lately, but none of them are really horror related. And so this is the time of the year where my brain just really turns into mush. And so there's a few things that have uh, stood out to me. So I did uh, cover the Sundance Film Festival uh, in January and there are two horror movies that I saw, um, and I'll be super brief about both of them because um, one of them is going to be at South by Southwest in March. Okay. And IFC, I think Midnight picked it up, and that's The Watcher 
or just watcher no mm. the mm-hmm. um has a uh, micah monroe no in it no um has micah monroe in it in uh what's that guy's name uh burn gorman he was oh. the creepy dude in uh he's in pacific rim yeah, Pacific yeah. Rim. He has a is a little bit in uh one of the best episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as a scientist. Oh uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is great. Yeah. So uh and I think he's in Dark Knight Rises. He is in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, great scene in that. Um, so that one was okay. It was pretty standard, but Mike Monroe's really good in it, and it's a bit of a companion piece to it follows. Um where she's dealing with paranoia nobody's believing her that somebody's stalking her and it's set overseas and um so it's a bit of like a a cultural culture exploration so that kind of upped the the interest a little bit for me um stylistically it's pretty controlled and calculated so it had a really nice look to it um but just in the end like where it goes and everything is just like uh, there's nothing too special about it um so did you mean to do that segue because carl carl glessman is married to zoe kravitz for yeah, <laughs> two years yeah it's <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah i think twin shadow was with zoe kravitz for a little bit too. yeah he was he was <laughs> i mean i'm not i mean well i uh, she has a, a robust dating history i think robert pattinson channing tatum so i mean maybe you know good on her i guess um so yeah, that movie's okay. Um, so maybe if there's like nothing else to really watch, but I don't, th- I guess it's kind of, it's worth seeing just for Makeham and Rose performance. But other than that, I, I don't think there's anything too special about it. But the one that is really worth talking about is Fresh uh, with Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. Um, so this one was really special because it was a midnight release at Sundance and so their online system was fantastic Cole watched uh, cha-cha real smooth and so um and some others and so it was just really really easy system where I could watch it on my app on my phone and I was able to watch a lot of stuff while my family was doing things so I watched about 11 Sundance films good trip um which is pretty incredible with my family being home (laughs) Um, so I just managed to do the dishes or I found things to work on that I hadn't worked on in a long time, but, um, while I was watching things, but, uh, fresh, it had my complete attention. So that one was a midnight release. So it was mountain time, one o'clock in the morning here in Texas. And so my whole family was asleep, but I was really excited about it. Didn't know anything about it other than like an image and just that something twisted was going to happen. And so it, the f- it has one line on the premise on Wikipedia. So I'm excited to hear about it. That's pretty, that's, that's a smart way to go about it. Um, and so I won't expand too much upon, upon that. Like if you haven't, if you haven't seen the trailer, don't watch. The I don't trailer. know. I don't know anything about it. I know it's Sebastian Stan sitting at a table with some girl. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be released on Hulu on March 4th, which is Hell, cool. Uh, correct. I'm yep. stoked. I'm going to be watching that shit day one. I really, I, I really wish it was playing in theaters, though. I really do because the experience that I had of watching it by myself 
it was like the same kind of thrill as Cabin in the Woods where you just felt so excited. And then I was like, I got nobody to talk to. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's the most frustrating thing. And so there's like things that happen in that movie where you wish you could just be in the theater experience it kind of like when we were watching the guest or cabin in the woods when oh those things God. when those yeah. like crowd moments happen you're just mm. those are the two big ones i always think about i was just <laughs> like holy shit what a crowd pleaser so we'll have to do that then we'll have to cover that movie we'll have to talk about yeah. it in a couple of weeks yeah. I was going to suggest yeah. that we should yeah we'll absolutely that. do that i'm excited i the thing was was scream just wasn't enough for me preston and i you know ragged on that movie and talked about it for a long time um or at least i ragged on it i won't speak for him but um and it just got to the point where i was like i just can't with this <laughs> like i just can't i can't deal with this movie um anymore so it's i i just need something not well no i ain't pun intended that is fresh like i hey. need that like i need i need something with invention not something that just talks about the babadook and the wit the vivich and elevated horror max did you see scream yeah so you brought it up um i did i saw it opening um night it was packed with the crowd which is always a good way to see you know horror movies sure. like this it was cool because uh, i think the biggest audience is probably people around our age who yeah either snuck in to scream or caught it when it first released on uh on vhs so it was cool seeing it that way um I like what uh, I like what the directors did. I like some of the retro posters, but it just so teenified that that's kind of, you know, it, it just feels like uh, there are some definite you know, horror elements some really cool gore, some things I liked about it. And I, I think I'm probably a lot higher than both of you guys on it. I, I gave it a four out of five just because probably my nostalgia for scream and, and happy to have more of it, but definitely had its issues and in, in, in the screenplay and, and what goes on and how it happens. And, you know, I'm sure a bunch of people ragged on it for opposite reasons of you guys, but like, you know, fandom isn't toxic and all this stuff, just trying to get at, you know, the angry, the angry white man in his basement. That's uh, <laughs> toxic masculinity towards uh, uh, some of these films, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I liked it and I enjoyed it, but uh, if I just saw it without any past history of it and not enjoying seeing some of the characters again, I'd probably have rated it a lot lower. Well, I'm going to watch it again uh, with, uh, with Erica, uh, you know, at some point because she, she uh, has seen it yet. So, I mean, you know, I'm not like going to just outright disown it. You know, <laughs> it's not Halloween resurrection, but no, definitely not, it's it's not it's halloween not, it's not even halloween kills you know it's, it's not texas chainsaw massacre 2022 <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to watch the first 20 minutes of that movie <laughs> has both seen that yeah yeah uh have you seen it preston i have not oh cool uh i'll talk a little bit about <laughs> then not uh not giving too much away but um so i was trying to get my wife to watch it um <laughs> friday saturday she said no finally sunday um sunday night we watched it and um, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm one of the people, I think we always talk about it with sequels. You know, do you want to have the original element of the first film? Do you want more of it? And you don't care if it's good or bad, obviously hoping for good, but it's, it's a, it's a movie, man. It's um, totally looks like a Netflix original. 
They mm-hmm. have zero story and it's 80 minutes. So if it's bad, at least it's over quickly. Um, but the, the backstory, I guess then maybe in the previous ones, they don't really do it too often, but it's, you know, some hipsters are going to uh, gentrify instead of an urban neighborhood, a, a empty redneck ghost town in, in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And all we get is that he's kind of like financing it and that she's a chef and they have investors come and, uh, yeah, uh, Leatherface is is living in an orphanage that uh, is the only mm-hmm. place left in the abandoned town. So that's kind of where it kicks off. Just has a scene where I think there's 30 kills in it, and where 25 of the 30 kills happen. I've probably seen it in the uh, in the trailers uh, for for what happens there. But Leatherface is cool. He's scary looking. He, when he runs fast, it's kind of creepy. But there's just no real scariness to it there's no real tension to it there's really good gore and and that's about it but if you're in and out quicker than you know some tv shows so it's definitely worth the watch but i gave it i gave it a a two and a half and i thought that was maybe even generous but it was kind of trying to do the uh the requel where it's the second movie where none of them other other ones happen that's bullshit how dare and they literally texas chainsaw three they literally brought in a um Lori Strode um, <laughs> character that they just mm-hmm. did not flesh out at all and was just just horrible. But it's funny because on the reviews and uh, I posted on Instagram about it, people are either like three and a half, four or one. It's like I'm probably one of the few people that's actually in the middle on it or, or giving it that people are either like this is my favorite one since the original or this is a total piece of trash. And it's from both fans of it that have been longtime fans on, on both sides of it. So I was surprised I saw some really, you know, decent reviews and ratings. So it's interesting to kind of check it out. I'll be curious to see your guys' thoughts on it. Yeah. Dustin, are you going to watch it? Um, Brian... Uh, who I do another podcast with Brian Kluger he hated it um, like with a passion uh, like I there's few films that he'll talk about where he'll just like really lay into it and then I'm just like I don't have any interest then um, <laughs> but then I've seen some other people who've like concentrated on like certain moments uh, I think a lot of talk has been about that chainsaw cancel culture sequence with mm-hmm. the bus Yep. Um, and so that that part seemed a little neat to me. So there's like shots that I'm curious about, like with him out in the cornfield uh, laying low. Um, so things like that kind of interest me. But if they're taking like the Venom 2 approach where they gut all the plot and all that and don't necessarily build the tension, uh, that, that's that's what I don't like. That was my that was my biggest gripe with Halloween Kills was mm-hmm. that it just killed so many people but it just did not build up to earn those moments where i actually feel like i should did did it earn my investment no um so uh yeah so for that i don't know so maybe i'll follow colt's path and just be watch the first little chunk of it and then skip through um that's kind of what i'm planning on doing i mean you know if i'm if i'm engaged i'm engaged you know and i'll i'll continue with it but i will give it 20 minutes because that's what i've i've heard online i mean there's certain things that I've realized that kind of, I just somehow like, even though it's dog shit, like venom yep. too, like the mm-hmm. venom movies. Why do I like that? I don't know why, like, <laughs> but I get so engaged with those films, with those movies, you know, where I'm just like, dude, this is just wonderful. Turn off, 
your brain. And I don't even like to say turn off your brain, but yeah, it, there's just something to it that just is engaging and escaping. And I think that part of what makes that it's like day old donuts. Me, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's, um, you know, it, it's something that you can't really put a finger on that. I kind of like about that. Like there's this line in venom two that I love where um, he, he venom keeps break. It's a Sony movie. He keeps breaking his Sony TV and, uh, <laughs> and Tom Hardy keeps saying like, Hey man, that's my $2,000 TV. You know, like that's or Sony Bravia. Like what the hell venom. <laughs> and then um, Eddie Mars, I think Eddie Marsan is the guy who's in it. Eddie Marsan comes in and, um, he's walking in and he has no real business there. He's kind of like accosting um, Tom Hardy in the movie. And he's, he says to him, Hey man, that's a pretty nice TV you got there on the wall. What is that? A Sony? He's like, yeah, <laughs> it's expensive. And like, they literally <laughs> just like do. And it's, it's so shameless. Um, and I know it's Ruben. No, that one's Andy circus, but you know, Ruben mm-hmm. Fleischer did the first one, but uh, Ruben Fleischer did. I don't know. Man. though. Yeah, I haven't seen Uncharted yet. I, I I enjoyed Uncharted. I actually took I've seen it twice. I oh, took awesome. my because I took oh, my wow. family to go see it just because we're we're big fans of like those adventure movies, a la The Mummy and Jungle Cruise and things like that. This is probably the lesser of all of those, uh, including like uh, uh, the Jumanji sequels. But I don't know. I had a good time with that. I think Tom Holland's just a, a fun, fun actor. And even though he's kind of doing a little bit of the same stuff here, yep. where like the first, have you seen it yet? Uh, Uncharted? Yeah. No, 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 not yet. I'm excited to watch it. I just, I, I pretty much missed everything in theaters after Halloween until um, January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, I've, I've only taken my son to see two movies in theaters uh, since all this and it's both been Tom Holland movies. Um, and man, uh, when I was watching it the first time, when I was doing it for press purposes, I was like, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Like not, not for the quality, but just like appropriate for my four-year-old. And then when I was watching it, you start to notice every single cuss word Mm -hmm. and everything. And I was just like, Oh my God. I'm sorry. And I, I was yep. just looking over at my wife and they're just saying, oh shit, over and over and over. <laughs> and I was like, I I did not notice mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, so yeah, don't take your four-year-old to it, but it's uh, I would be the worst enjoyable. I would be the worst parent because I would just be like saying oh shit myself all the time. Like I was I was FaceTiming with my two-year-old niece last night, and um and you'll, I was you'll testing. adjust. Mm-hmm. You'll adjust. Yep. It like, happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What happens if you just this is so off topic. You Max, you can edit this out. What no, happens if you're just like good. what happens if you're just like, you know what? I'm not say like shit piss cut fuck cocksucker motherfucker in front of my kids. What if I'm just like, ah oh, fuck, and like your five-year-old's around? Like what happens? What do they they just start saying that, right? Because I, mean, I started cu- cussing they, they in like sixth school, grade. And then you get a call from from the teacher, someone in my daughter's class apparently. Mm. has been saying it and my daughter hasn't sworn once but one time we braked really hard in the car and she said oh spit so i think she didn't know how to say it and we're like nope (laughs) do not say that but yeah they just say it then you look like a bad parent i guess but 
Speaking yeah, of bad okay. parents, there was a couple, couple like seven year olds in my scream showing, so that was that was solid. I was wondering, oh man, always generally yeah. think it's a good idea, or like I'm not going to pay for a babysitter. I'll just take my kids. I, I just want to know what's going through their brains sometimes. I know stuff like that. I know, man. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I did. I get that all the time in screenings too. Well, you hey, know? since we're kind of already off topic, I might as well use your guys's film knowledge here for my own purposes uh oscar best picture nominees i've mm-hmm. seen nightmare alley don't look mm-hmm. up dune king richard coda mm-hmm. and i haven't seen drive my car belfast liquors pizza power of the dog and west side story what's 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 your guys's favorites or, or picks from there or kind of must-sees from that batch and we can maybe jump into uh, nightmare alley after this yeah, I got two out of there that I think are really solid of the ones that you haven't seen. So Licorice Pizza, uh, Cole and I both really loved that. I think that was his favorite movie of last year. Yeah. Um, really great hangout movie. Um, ro- a lot of fun performances. Speaking of Bradley Cooper. Um, Dude, amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's got some lines in there that are that, that are I, just that involve food that are just gonna be <laughs> <laughs> that are just yeah. gonna stay with you. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that, that that one's a really good one. Uh, I like I like a lot of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's almost all his movies, and so I think that one's a, a really safe bet. It's not gonna get any Oscar no. attention, especially now with a lot of the controversy stuff that's been happening lately with one uh, particular character with a uh, fake asian accent um so what happened I, what happened with john michael higgins well um uh eric uh what's that journalist's name eric Cohn. eric Cohn. he interviewed paul thomas right Anderson. right i haven't read that yet but keep going and so he asked him about uh that particular scene that's in the movie so there's a scene in the movie where uh michael higgins uh he works at a he's like a japanese chain restaurant owner um and so he has an asian wife with him and he she doesn't speak any english whatsoever and so he does the accent but can't speak the language and so he it's i've heard from a, a lot of uh Asian journalists that I've seen just be completely uncomfortable with that moment. Cause the whole movie is, it, I mean, it, Paul Thomas's intentions were just to highlight his stupidity, mm-hmm. but it's also highlighting the stereotypes. And um, so it just, it became this huge mess. And so I knew about that um, scene before seeing the movie back in November, whenever mm-hmm. it was. And when I saw it, it it did kind of rub me the wrong way, but I didn't relate to it as deeply. I mean, I, I'm not an Asian person, so I, it, it didn't affect me as much as mm-hmm. um, probably did for them, but um, I could totally understand it. And so um, the way that he handles it, so look up that interview. I don't think he handled it the best way that he could. He was, yeah. he just played it completely clueless and just that uh, he had, he's like, what's the problem? And then he explained what the problem was and he's just he yeah just look up that interview but anyway uh that distracts from the point that it still is a great movie yeah cut around that moment but um so yeah that that one's really good uh drive my car cole have you watched it yet no it's i i i have access to it but it's been it's been a week 
Okay. So that movie is, um, it is three hours long. Ooh. And um, there's a movie that Cole and I saw at Fantastic <laughs> Fest a couple of years ago called Burning. And oh, okay, the, that one. So, so the author of the, I was going to bring up Assassin. Um, uh, there's the author of the book Burning also is the author of Drive My Car. What? So I didn't know that. I love so, Burning. So tonally, it is very comparable, um, in, and, and pace wise, um. Mm. It's just, it's a, so I think burning prepared me for the pace of driving Mm. my car. And so what I had heard, yeah, yeah, I I would, I would say that that's not a bad idea. Um, But um, yeah, you have to be in a certain kind of headspace in mood to know that it's a very slow burn. And even when the burn (laughs) comes, there you go. it's not, it's more of an emotional kind of thing. Did you see Pig, uh, yes. Max? Yeah. Okay. So that same kind of thing where you're just anticipating that it's just going to unfold very violently or one way, and then mm-hmm. it ends up having this huge emotional effect. It's very, it's very much like that. That's awesome. So the big, the big moment happens in an emotional way. So tr- truthfully, the movie is just about two people connecting over grief. And that's all it is. And so it's just like these little moments, these uh, exchanges that they have going uh, on their way to uh, work. Um, So one of them is driving this uh, actor slash uh, storyteller, like uh, stage director and things like that. Um, And he memorizes his lines by listening to a tape that his wife recorded the lines for. Like, so he other people's lines so when he's doing his lines there the other people's lines would go and it, and so just like these little little connections just feel very intimate and so it's just a very emotionally rich movie so um it just really puts you in this just kind of i always think of uh grand Budapest hotel cole when you just talked about after we saw that movie you're like man I just completely forgot about the world and I was mm-hmm. just in that space. It's one mm-hmm. of those movies where if mm-hmm. you can really just catch what it's throwing, I think you'll just be completely pulled into the world because mm. it's just because at that point you're like, okay, it's three hours long. I'm not going to think it, worry about my clock. I'm just yeah. going to be exist with this movie in a, in a, in right. a way. So um, how, how prominent is that score? in the film oh my gosh it's so good um yeah it's incredible it's, it's, it's incredible it's a really great score and it's kind of like uh you know when you listen to the score of titanic mm, um it has score. different it has the same theme but it plays it mm-hmm. in different notes yeah mm-hmm. in different instruments so it does stuff like that yeah. that is really good and it changes the instruments based on the emotions that are happening in the movie and then it uses a wow. lot of like outside things like uh, uh, tape decks and car noises oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, so it's, yeah. So it's it's hitting at a lot of different things, even like That's the cool. jazzy kind of feel of uh, yeah. a taxi driver. Um, so Fuck yeah. That's good shit. I, too. I, I, would, I would love it if that movie just pulled the biggest upset. And because I know Cole's a huge fan of Power of the Dog, but I do I not like that movie. Power of the Dog. <laughs> 
yeah that, that, that's really high on my list to see it's i've been working my Great way movie. through the ones available yeah. to me there and i think uh belfast and mm, it, more like still... bell slow <laughs> well the, the, that one's still good. available to buy but power of the dogs on netflix the west side story is probably the biggest one that surprised me making it there because i literally heard nothing like uh, about it when it released or any like uh, huge critical acclaim on it so that one kind of surprised me i haven't seen that I don't I, honestly plan to. I, I I enjoyed it, but there there's I mean there's moments to it where I mean it's Steven Spielberg and he's the master. Right, there's a yeah. shot right. if, if you've seen the trailer. There's and even uh, the the steelbook art it highlights uh-huh. this particular scene where all the there's a shadows when they have the gang fight and you can just see all the people walking in there's light shining this way light shining this way and it's like a blue light and a red light and the way that they're coming in it looks like shark jaws or like the teeth oh really in. oh that's so, yeah. steelbook oh cool. that's so sick so i haven't seen the steelbook yeah so the steelbook's pretty cool and it it, uh, it, it it's like they knew that link that me the in the chat moment. link me in the chat max yep um huh so um and there's some really well done dance sequences in it um so i i don't know I've, i i guess i'm guilty for uh enjoying it i don't know i don't think it's um like best picture material i don't mm-hmm. um but there's some set design and technical stuff that is uh, worth highlighting um and of course um oh, awesome. her name right now but she's up uh for supporting actress oh uh um, debose yeah. What's her name? Andrea DeBose. Yeah. Is she is it worth it? I mean, is she worthy of the nomination? I um I yeah, I would say so. She's worthy of the nomination. She's probably yeah, Ariana DeBose. She's she's on Ariana. track to win at the moment, but I don't know. I think there's some other performances that I've really enjoyed oh, more man. so than hers, like uh Angino, uh Ellis from King yeah. Richard and yeah. um so yeah. there's there's some other ones, but um yeah the still book is great i know yeah i haven't seen the movie but yeah still look in that scene you're talking about is awesome so, i mean to me it seems like i mean this is gonna sound really stupid the way that i word this but i'm just gonna do it anyway uh the movie looks cringe as hell to me just mm-hmm. because it's like an open heart it looks like in the heights part two to me um i do like dude every time that i doubt that i'm gonna like a spielberg movie i'm always like oh well okay <laughs> yeah you know fuck me you know mm-hmm. um and so it's uh, dude even warhorse like dude have you guys seen war dude that movie it gets it's, me like it's great yeah it's great it's so good it's so freaking i mean even you know on a base level uh, even better than that dude ready player one has some moments where i'm just like oh my yeah. god it's dude yeah you know so I, it makes me almost want to just kind of blind buy the 4k just because i think it's gonna look great yeah yeah it's gonna look amazing um and this kind of goes in with nightmare alley too because the disney 4ks have been you know they've really been doing i really have liked like my last dual 4k that was released by under disney has been really great and you know they're all uniform so if you get nightmare alley last dual west side story they're all gonna look uniform on your shelf and you know as somebody who is you know, a low key, huge Steven Spielberg fan, even though I don't like talk about it or, you mm-hmm. know, go on about it that much. Um, I, I more so like his like offshoot stuff. Like, I think the post is like one of his best films, like mm-hmm. 
by yeah. far. Like I love Great. the post and of the past decade for sure. Uh, of the past decade for sure. I mean, Lincoln, even so, still fantastic movie. So I mean, yeah. and I was watching that, being like, oh god, oh brother, here we go. And then I'm like, oh my god, Lincoln is incredibly powerful. Um, so you know, I I don't know. I I, I think you know. I think it, there was an announcement for the release of it soon. So I I, I think I need to kind of just be a little more open minded, even if a musical isn't exactly what I want, but it's got to be the certain right alchemy for a musical for it to really work on me. Um, like Moulin Rouge, but like Moulin Rouge. Yep. Didn't you just talk about that to me the other day? I, I can't remember what we were talking yeah. about, but we were talking about we're Elvis talking, coming out. Elvis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were talking about Elvis, which I watched that trailer, yeah. watched that trailer multiple times. Cause I'm just like, this is fascinating. <laughs> um, but, uh yeah, I mean, here, Dewey. Yeah, I was like Eric. I was like telling Eric, I was like, "Have you seen Walk Hard?" She's like, "No," and I was like, "Watch this trailer and then watch the Elvis trailer. Like, <laughs> this is amazing." So I don't know. I I think Preston's really good about selling me on something. If if you know, if I just kind of cut my pretension with things and just be like, "To hell with it," because we all have, you know, that's the thing. What's interesting about this podcast is like we all have our lanes. Like I mm-hmm. was like, like Preston was like, "I like to charge now." Like what really to myself (laughs) but then as we're talking as we're talking you know three years ago when venom came out i was like preston watch venom and he's like dude no i'm not Mm -hmm. wasting my time with that crap he's like still books cool but no we all have our lanes of those things that we do that are like you know like because my reasoning of not wanting to watch uncharted i just don't want to have like hear tom holland do like um, his marty mcfly impression again um (laughs) but you know, I think if you can just drop it and say, I'll enjoy it, you know, and just kind of take it for what it is, it can be um, really enjoyable. So, you know, I think looking at it on that level, taking it back to hey, West Side Story. That's, that's a good steelbook, too. I haven't, oh, watched, haven't watched either one. This one's still oh, in you its got packaging. Nice. They're <laughs> great like looking the steelbooks, man. They're great. Uh, looking I, I, I'm with you on that one. It's it, the if you take it, looking at it as critiquing a film based on the merits of the film it's a shit film but for watching it it's it's fun and it's stupid and there's action and oh and some great shots and humor and just kind of like you said especially the second one they just they kind of amped up the humor even more to a new level and sometimes you know some something doesn't hit but other times you're just laughing at like the stupidest thing and just having a oh. great time with it oh man it's saturday morning cartoon stuff mm-hmm. dude it's like an x-men it's like an x-men cartoon it's like an old spider-man cartoon i don't know i would even say the old spider-man uh cartoon is even better than in venom in some ways but but oh, even so we've been watching it it's so i've rad. been watching it with my son and it's on they're, disney they're, plus right yeah they're really good um the there's like there's like one season where there's like an eight part narrative when it deals with the sinister oh. six and i was just like this is crazy but oh um, man i may have to it's on season one uh, it has it has all of them but uh, no that's in like season two or three i can't remember but um that show is oh, really man. good but there's a continue there's a continued narrative with all of it oh so. that's awesome dude so. that is so cool and i don't even have a kid and so i mean <laughs> you'll probably want to watch those movies with Roe when he's probably what like eight or nine that's know, that's what like i've that. heard yeah you know i don't know i mean i don't there's nothing i don't know what do i know but I, I was watching like Tombstone at like seven years old, but, you know, 
color of night with bruce willis on cable like just weird stuff like that but um i also had a potty mouth from a very young age so there you go whatever um well, let's talk about nightmare alley real yeah, quick yeah, yeah, get yeah, off yeah. That from kind of being on the oscar thing so I was excited to watch it. Watched it on HBO Max on my iPad, and I want to watch it again on on the 4K TV. But oh, dude, uh, for me, I liked it, but I thought for who was involved, it underwhelmed based on that fact. If you're getting Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, William Defoe, and mm-hmm. uh, Tony Collette and Richard Jenkins, just all-star cast Ron Perlman in there. Um, it was cool. Wanted to do a noir. I saw a, a interview with Guillermo del Toro kind of talking about the top 10 noir influences on, on the film and it has horror elements. So it seemed like a perfect movie and, and I enjoyed it. I think I'd give it a, either three and a half or four out of five. And I liked it, but I'm just like, damn, with this group of people and this director, this, this could have been, you know, best movie of the year, which, which for me, it's definitely not, it might be in, you know, my, my top 10 or top 20 uh, on there, but that was a big kind of takeaway for me watching. It was beautifully filmed, amazing shots, top-notch sets, some really, really great acting scenes and in, in monologues in the kind of where it went with it. And Bradley Cooper's character arc was really interesting. Um, but I was just like, I just wanted more. I think when it finished, I was like, man, for, for especially for how long it was, um and kind of what we're getting into i just i just i don't know what i wanted but i just wanted something a little bit more whether it was maybe leaning into horror elements more or more supernatural or other pieces to it but just just a kind of cool throwback though for sure a nice neo noir it, it it's did you feel the length is that what did it for you um I think the third third act is my least favorite where we kind of go to, you know, the mm. big the big score to to finish it all off. And, you know, it, there are some cool tricks and, and things that but yeah, I think the length and the third act got me a little bit. That's it's a, it's a part. Yeah, that's my favorite part, too, is the the Richard Jenkins stuff. It yeah. gets so sinister. It yes. Does. Just because of the Richard Jenkins character, you're like, oh, it's Richard Jenkins. Oh, no, no, no. He is <laughs> not, not a nice a, dude. Not a night at all. Um, and then I think you got Holt McCultney in it. Yes, right? and- I, I loved his character in that. He just he can't play anyone else but his fucking character from uh, from that TV show anymore because it's just so perfect. I feel like oh, he just dude. plays another he, version of that as a bodyguard. <laughs> he's a character actor. Yeah, he's absolutely. a character actor. He's oh, but dude, he's great in Mindhunter. That's like one of the best things I've absolutely. seen in my entire life, dude. Um, he was but, he was he was good in Wrath of Man too. He was good in Wrath of Man. Have, Max, have you seen Wrath of Man? Um, spacing on what it is now, but as you guys guy, talk called guy Jason Ritchie. Staten. Oh yes, yes, yes. I, I really, I really like that one. Yeah, fire movie. Love yeah, that, that, film. that was one of the surprises I had because I wasn't excited to watch it when I did. I was like, damn, this is awesome. <laughs> Preston got me to go watch it, but yeah, you know, Nightmare Alley. Yeah, the third act. It's the second act. Um, in the clubs, that kind of because the thing is, is I. I'm kind of thick-headed in some ways. I don't really know where the film was going. So I'm like, what is the point of this? What what are we doing? I don't feel tense. Yeah. I don't I don't feel intrigued in a way that's like, you know. So it, the movie was having to coast on like the production design and the performances for me. But then as the movie, I mean, the ending to me made it me be like, "Oh, that was I get it. Oh my god." Yeah. And you know, and then highly recommend Listen to Guillermo del Toro talk to Mark Marin about the film. Okay, um, I'll check that his, out. Check that out. It'll really, you know. But it, I just pre-ordered the 4K, honestly. So, <laughs> so 
I think that movie's going to sneak up on you. I've grown to, I, I liked it a lot when I saw it and I saw it at the, man, uh, I saw it at the New York premiere and um, it was at a really nice theater and I saw, watched it up in the balcony by myself and um, I was just really pulled in. So it wasn't like all that that caused me to love it. Um, but I think as Cole indicated that it just really snaps together mm-hmm. in those final moments where you're trying, you understand his character. Cause there's a lot of things yeah. that are happening with Bradley Cooper's character that you can't quite sniff out right yeah. away. Right. But then when you do, and there's like one particular line that he says at the very end of the movie. And I could just say, I was, I was born for this, that moment, um, really just kind of put everything into place and and it says a lot about like our culture today and the types of uh people and being your most authentic self Mm -hmm. um yeah so it it comments on a lot of things that are going on in the world in these very subtle ways and so like a lot of Guillermo del Toro's movies the devil's in the details um so if you watch like his commentary, which is one of my favorite commentaries for any movie for like Pan's Labyrinth, he starts breaking down the, 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 the metaphors, the, the symbolism of everything that he puts uh, within his frame. There's just literally you can pause it and there's just like things going on. So yeah, the production design and costumes mm-hmm. that they really are uh, like holding your attention. But then once yeah. you um, know everything of what happens by the end of it, you can go back and watch it again and you're going to start noticing more and more stuff there. Um, so I think it's a movie that just has a lot of legs and I, mm-hmm. uh, or will have legs and um, a lot of people will uh, really appreciate it in years to come. So it has a lot in common with like Crimson Peak. Yeah. Um, which is another movie that I, I really liked. I, I think this one's better, but I uh, really liked it. And I often revisit it and find things that are really rewarding about it um, because it's just like this really small story. There's like this really small thing that it's trying to accomplish, but it's really built out in this really fancy way. And it has all the bells and whistles, but those bells and whistles have a a very specific purpose. Um, So um, yeah, I I think it's a movie that we're going to be thinking about quite a bit i think it's better in shape of water and that movie won best picture yeah i need yeah. to rewatch it when the when the 4k comes out on the tv because i also think that's probably not the best movie to watch on a no on a, dude on, you on want... an ipad in a hotel room so that'll probably no. also have some more attention on it and and be able to yeah watch the whole thing through that yeah, yeah. it's it's fantastic you know in a lot of ways um and it's it's that ending because it really just <laughs> yeah holy and shit I, I, I can understand your frustration though because there are parts of it where right. you do feel frustrated because there's a part yes. like about halfway through where you're like where is it gonna go from here because that felt like a movie and yep. i thought the movie was gonna be just that and then yes. it evolves into another movie and then and, and then it's when it gets to the end and you understand his complete arc that you're like oh that's why okay he wasn't nominated was he bradley cooper no he should have been though he's it's weird something about like he should have won for a star is born as well like i don't yeah. know why he hasn't he he's consistently just 
one of my favorite guys to watch on Me camera. Too. Like just absolutely consistently. I don't care if I like the film or not. Yeah. There's two films that I don't like that I think he's great in are Burnt and American Sniper. I don't like either one of those movies and he's fantastic in both of them. He so. really is. Well, yeah, we can use great actor. We, we can use that since I feel like we're crushing the segues this time to uh something that a uh, Guillermo executive produced that I watched last night which was Antlers. Mm. Uh, ah, have you seen this Preston? No, I have not. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, I heard mixed things or pretty you're much right. bad things, so I just didn't. It's uh, it's out on HBO Max, so no, no, at least cost associated with, with, with getting to it, which I think was a big part. I was like, you know, the last few months trying to figure out what's worth renting, what's worth waiting on. So I was happy to catch it for free. Oh, yeah. The movie is shot so amazingly. Like it's in Oregon in the middle of nowhere on this coastal town and the, how they use fog and how they shoot the movie. There's so many amazing shots for it. So I think that's definitely worth, um, worth your time in it. It's not super long. I think it's like maybe a hundred minutes. It's absolutely worth your time. Yeah. Um, and, and the monster is, is really cool too. The, the Wendigo, I don't think that's giving anything away based on, you know, if you've seen the trailer, but, um, the monster is really cool too, but it's, it's maybe maybe more so than the other one, but with with Jesse Plemons, who I love, um, I, I was expecting maybe a little bit more on 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 the screenplay or acting, but it's a lot just about trauma and the young boy and and, and what's happening there, and a lot of very quiet scenes and just kind of letting maybe letting the the scene uh, t- tell the story, which which is okay, but um, I still gave it I think a two and a half or or, or a three, yeah. so I, I enjoyed it enough to watch it. And there's some cool, you know, creepy tense scenes, um, but it's it's just not you know not all that. But for a horror movie, I think you can do a whole lot worse. What do you think, Cole? Uh, I think that I'm pretty much right there with you, lockstep. I mean, the film looks great. Scott Cooper, he's a great visual stylist. You know, very this very like kind of just i don't want to say like meat and potatoes but he's very like no fuss no fuss kind of filmmaker and i like that about him really kind of trying to get to the heart of um these characters in a way that isn't i mean he really gets to some emotional stuff especially in 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 hostiles Um, and this kind of tries to still go in that like kind of male weepy direction in a way it really gets into this kid's psyche and it's it's really sad in a lot of ways but it's it's lacking in 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 the screenplay you know that's the thing it's it you know so the thing is is a lot of those actors will like go they'll follow scott cooper into a fire like do people love him the people that work with him so um i'm excited to see what he does next but um you know it was a big disappointment after waiting for that film for almost two years because i was you know just super excited Mm -hmm. for it but you know it's worth watching it's 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 super short um unique monster for sure and you know just but the thing is is it just it it made me really sad mm-hmm. you know the, it's really sad because the kid you see like a just a kid who's man just getting the shit kicked out of him by life and he's like 12 or 13 years old maybe and man it's just a sad time dude you know that can be really traumatic i just remember some of those days feeling like lonely <laughs> at that age man yep supposed to be again even though you know it's really beautiful in a lot of ways but it's also well uh, jerry max didn't you grow up in washington area yeah. pacific northwest yeah, yeah it's a little dreary there and uh, and carrie russell's character is not much of a pickup either she's kind of like the 
the main character and she's apparently, you know, abused by her dad in a number of ways and is only back there yeah. to be there for her brother, Jesse Plemons, who's a, who's a, a sheriff there. So it was funny that I looked up the cinematographer and his filmography is so random. It's a bunch of European movies. And uh-huh. then he also did Johnny English strikes again and Mordecai. <laughs> 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 Two terrible looking movies, especially Mordecai. Oh my God. But then he has things like A Quiet Passion, Official Secrets, Paul is Dead, some other other things, but it's just a very random filmography. So very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very I can much see so. that. That's funny. Well, you know, okay. The last thing that I wanted to briefly mention is uh just wanted to give a shout out to uh, you know, an old throwback kind of style of movie just a good nineties, two thousands movie. I mean, these movies aren't great, you know, but um, I recently watched the bone collector and secret window, the bone collector. I'd never seen the bone collector. And I was like, I need some Denzel. I need some Denzel. And, you know, honestly, I really liked Angelina Jolie and Eternals. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be a good choice. Uh, I was like, I'm going to throw this on. And Erica was like, oh, I saw that movie when I was a kid. Like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And you know what? The Bone Collector fucking rules. It's awesome. It's, you know, it is what it is. But Denzel Washington is a uh, quadriplegic and he's this badass criminologist and he's solving crimes, you know, with Angelina Jolie. And uh, the ending is so pulpy and amazing. You have a great cast of Denzel, Angelina Jolie, Queen Latifah, fucking Michael Rooker. Louis Guzman, Leland Orser, Bobby Cannavale, Ed O'Neill. Awesome movie. Can't recommend it enough. Super three-star general kind of movie. Uh, same goes for a very goofy movie. Another one that um, my friend uh, wanted to watch. Um, and that's Secret Window. It's on Netflix. Uh, David Kep. he wrote Jurassic Park. He directed awesome. He directed Mordecai, um, but he um, he also directed uh, movies, two movies that I like a lot and actually three uh, trigger effect, premium rush and stir of echoes, all solid, solid movies that are just really movies for adults. But Johnny Depp is really interesting in this film because he he has some pretty good one liners and really goes against uh kind of just talks a lot of shit to Timothy Hutton in this movie, but, <laughs> and John Turturro is in it and talks like, you know, the hog, the, the guy he does in the old brother, where art thou, you know, that's more of like a, he does kind of a more like country hickish. That was more of like a Andy Bernard doing <laughs> uh, the murder mystery thing where he's, you know, he says, you know, it's got to be like molasses. molasses. Yeah. Come down your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh man, that's like the office. But um, but man, he's it, it's it's a bad movie. Like it's bad. It is bad. But it's very short. It's very entertaining, and it's really goofy. And you know, call me a softy, but man, there's there's a lot of nostalgia that comes with just a movie star carrying a movie. He's a writer. He's forgetting stuff. Is he going crazy? I don't know. He sleeps a lot, drinks a lot of Mountain Dew. It's a weird movie. Really, I I, you know, I haven't seen it since theaters. I just remember that one. The big thing was the the twist and uh, yeah. how 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 people kind of took that from from what I remember of it. But I literally haven't seen that since I watched it in theaters. It, so it'd be a cool it's one not to revisit. it's not good, but it's like man, I love a good 
movie like that you know it's just a, it is what it is it's just a movie like i mean that's what it's a movie it's a story like it's just a little short kind of creepy story not even creepy but you know so that's that's really all i got um, i wonder i wonder if we're getting softer as yes. we, we get older because like with uncharted i recognize the problems in it i was i was uh leaning over to Haley and uh whoever i saw um the the press screening with and it's just kind of like you're, you're pointing out the flaws but you're like it's entertaining i had a good time so yep. um i just watched a uh a couple of weeks ago but i just finished the review and it's going to go up tomorrow for uh dirty laundry uh terrible oh, movie nice. that was brought up by eric um <laughs> that we talked to uh, about for the mvd rewind collection yep. and um but so very interesting experience with that movie i watched it with Haley, and we both my wife and uh we both were just like laughed at it kind of snickered a little bit at a few parts but for the most part we're like that was just a tonal mess it felt like each scene was directed by a different director it was very bizarre and then I, uh, I was like, I got to watch the extras. So I po- I watched the interviews and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch a little bit of this commentary because I've always been curious about the Hack, Hack the Movies podcast. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of do like a mystery science theater type of thing. Nice. And so it's, they had, so they went and they watched, they did this commentary, having not seen the movie, none of them. And so most of the time it's an actor, a filmmaker or a film historian yeah. giving you yeah. so much information about a movie. <laughs> But these are people who have not seen the movie at all. So when I put it on, they were so entertained by it and their excitement and their jokes and everything of what they were saying made me love the movie. I like it. (laughs) That's so funny because the only way you're watching that commentary after you finish that is if you have to watch it it for review. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because otherwise you would be throwing it out the window like bradley cooper did with farewell to arms and silver lions playbook yeah. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> and so yeah i could totally understand like people just like I, I would be very curious to go into a movie training co right now and see how many used copies that they have <laughs> based off of people <laughs> reading it and being like oh my god no that, um, so that. um yeah that was just like I, I wrote about that in my opening saying like you ever watched a movie where um you you just did not connect with it you hated it and then you just got together with some rowdy friends and maybe even a liquid some uh, fun liquid mm-hmm. and you just have a great time um so that's what it felt like if they were drinking watching it and i felt like i was getting intoxicated too <laughs> it was so such a strange experience but man and like even Haley, uh, my wife at that point she's like oh i'm just gonna read my book so you can put it on and and so I'm just sitting there laughing my ass off and she started paying attention to it. She's like, I can't believe I'm watching this stupid movie again, back to back. <laughs> so funny. Uh, well, now I should have requested that, man. I, I kind of want to see it now. Yeah, I have, I have I have another copy so I can give it to you. All right. The, uh, the, the last couple I want to touch on before you wrap up is briefly because it's not horror, but finally saw a uh, French dispatch. Um, yeah. 
and mm-hmm. I, I really like that. I think with with Wes Anderson films, I I usually like them all, but I feel like you kind of have to be in the right mood to watch them. It's not, you know, like if I rented this with my wife, she wouldn't necessarily be like, like, you know, what are you watching or what's happening and how they do it. But just the screenplay is just a treat for your ears, man. How, how the the actors phrase things, how they read things, how they go over everything. Really love the first and third story. And especially Jeffrey Wright and Benicio del Toro's performance are just, um top notch there and then finishing off with horror i think i talked to you guys about it in the text chain but archive 81 on netflix uh was super popular apparently because i i never heard of it and watched it and i saw tons of articles on it but um something that maybe people who are physical media collectors would enjoy the main character uh dan turner um he's an archivist at his job so he's like restoring videotapes he's uh, kind of a side project trying to restore like a lost cult horror movie. Um, you know, he's got Criterion posters and T-shirts and um, he's just kind of gets this job that says, hey, if you live in this random, you know, house in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone service or Internet and take these tapes that we found from this uh, burned down apartment and kind of, you know, restore them uh, from this rich guy and just kind of takes all these weird twists. But it's a found footage type film that they do excellently totally over that you know not interested in that subgenre at all but the way they do it is really unique and cool and kind of adds some uh nice horror elements to it so it's it's eight episodes so it's definitely a investment but i thought it was uh definitely worth the while and i think we went through it in like week week and a half so that was really cool and recommend that one and then uh last night in soho since we kind of missed talking about that once we went went uh offline i was really excited about it but it was just you know not my favorite i think i rated it three and a half stars and enjoyed it enough just the looks of it and and um you know the yeah music just i'm kind of i think i don't know if you guys are this way but i feel like I'm nostalgic often for generations that I'm not a part of. I think watching movies okay. always like I, I wish I would have gone to high school in the 80s, even if I might have got bullied or not had the best time. Just kind of putting yourself in there just sounds like so much fun. And this is the same thing. Being in being in London um, during during the time uh, was a really cool idea. And there's some some great shots, but just a just I didn't connect with the screenplay necessarily and where it went and, and how they did it. It was trying to be scary, but you know, the story wasn't, I don't think lent itself necessarily to kind of a horror. It might've been better as a drama uh, in, in my opinion, but um, look great, worth the watch, but just didn't kind of do it for me. What'd you guys think? Of should, that one? I mean, it should have gone the Del Toro route, made it more like Phantasmica or mm-hmm. you know, like, a, you know, just like kind of like a, you know, just kind of a supernatural kind of eerie story like there's there he had an idea of what he needed to do but you know and the music it could, it could really have just well been done. a it just could have been a simple serial killer story right and then it didn't need to have all the zombie help whatever. us we raped yeah. her help us <laughs> yeah a bunch of like, dead no dead dead johns and, and i was yeah, kind of bummed because we, we we didn't live we didn't get to live in the high as much like i think that was the part i was excited about was right. all right let's see this cool experience and you know the main the main character she's not having a great time in in college and it's cool to kind of see her arc and transformation that was a high point but um the stuff with uh Anya taylor joy i was looking forward to more but it's like one good night and then 
you know, now you're a prostitute who we're going to dope up and, and pass around. And so you didn't get to have any of the kind of highlights with, with her. And so that was kind of missing for me. Yeah, I'm pretty much with that. I thought I thought it started off really strong. And I and then I was intrigued by the ending, but then was just like, ah, eh, you know, like, no, I don't know. I just don't think Edgar Wright is really as great as his reputation says he is i you know i mean i can't i don't remember the last time that i i mean i i really had a i had i will say that like we had a good time watching baby driver when we saw that south by southwest but then i'm mm-hmm. like watching it and thinking about it and i'm like well the music really wasn't that good there was that song bell bottoms that was really cool and baby driver but like i was like well the music wasn't that good scott pilgrim's cool for a little bit but then it just gets to be kind of like really annoying in my opinion, you know, like I, I, you know how the kind of people that like adopt Scott Pilgrim as their entire personality, like yep. that whole kind of, uh, and it's just like, no, you know, so, you know, this to me, he he's onto something, but it, I don't know. It seems like he was trying to do too much. I'm like, dude, just chill out a little bit. Yeah. You know, that is what it is. Can we, can we end on Peacemaker? Have y'all watched this? I haven't uh, seen any. Of it. I, I was trying to y'all sell him. Talk about I it. was trying to sell him on it. I was like, this. I, I think I did too. It's it's my favorite yeah, TV I show mean, that, that that I can remember watching. Like, I literally was waiting a week for the next episode to come out, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna watch episode one through four again. I've never done that. Like, just kind of. It's just such a cool world that that they create. And John Cena's character. If you haven't watched it because you didn't like the, how his character ended um, in suicide squad. They, he totally redeems himself. He's just the most like likable shitty human being. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I want the soundtrack to come out on vinyl. <laughs> me, me too. Um, it's the best thing James Gunn has ever done. Hands down. I, I, uh, I, I don't know how he's going to build the top it. I didn't think he was going to build the top like guardians one, but um, it's just, um, Cole, you really need to watch it. It's um, it's just really smartly done, and the and he just finds like these ways to make with this. It's a very intimate, small story, but he just makes some big splashes um, in this very contained environment um, that just make it feel more massive than it really is. Um, and I, I guess it's just like the character focuses and the characters that he has, they're, they're so great and colorful and um, so quotable. I, I, it's so much better than what he did in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Suicide Squad. I think it's arguably better than the first one, but um, there was just something about it. I don't know if I felt like he was getting too cocky with this filmmaking um because I, I picked that up with like guardians 2 where me and cole joke about like raccoon uh rocket raccoon laughing and and at his own jokes or laughing at stuff and mm-hmm. and it's not really that funny it's like forcing a laugh mm-hmm. it doesn't happen here because the jokes legitimately land because john cena is so good yeah um so yeah I, and the way that it wrapped up it was fantastic so is there gonna really be a season was. two yeah yeah it, it definitely was all about the characters too like you said having it be contained and just like how they picked random characters for suicide squad was funny uh you know and i like that but this one dude just john cena's like 
buddy, like, you know, random superhero buddy, vigilante. Vigilante. Is just Man. the funniest character ever. It's just this guy who's kind of like John Cena, where he's, you know, I'll kill as many people as I have to uh, to get peace. He's just like anyone breaking the law. He's got this scene that's not a, not a spoiler. It's just funny where he's like, yeah, you know, you kill some people, you know, some are mistakes, you know, someone was stealing a bike and I killed him or just, you know, stupid shit like this. And they just, it, it's total, you know, it's perfect, like uh, young to late adult humor where there's just stuff that you shouldn't necessarily be laughing at, but you're just cracking up with everything. Like he's got a pet eagle named Eagly. If you explain it, it sounds <laughs> stupid, but when you watch it, it just works. Well, it makes sense. Laugh, everything laugh. makes sense. What? Every, like everything makes sense as to like uh like for for him to have a pet like that and, and you're you just totally buy into it um <laughs> Co- cole, USA uh, Pinto and the usa trailer <laughs> yeah yeah uh cole the the the, the have, did you watch uh all of harley quinn right the harley oh quinn yeah sh- the tv oh, yeah. show cartoon oh show. yeah oh yeah kite, kite man oh Vigil- yeah vigilante is kite man real like for real for real well the same kind of energy care. oh yeah oh fantastic dude i love kite man <laughs> so so uh and, and it's played by freddie stroma who okay. was yeah who was in uh uh the sixth harry potter movie and yeah. uh uh the first season of oh. unreal um mm-hmm. but yeah so yeah really great cast man yeah. that's great I, I i'm excited to check it out like i love the boys i thought that was a great show um, but I, John Cena, oh my God, he cracks me up. That's why I was so, that's why I thought the Fast and Furious movie just yeah. sucks so bad. It's because he's being so it, serious. Yeah. He's, he's definitely comedy is, is, is his, is his lane. And yeah, I don't know. It's just so funny because it's such a unique idea too of let's have a character from a movie and build a show on it. And it's DC. Um, but he kind of just reminds me of like a totally different Deadpool version for, for the DC universe. It's just, you know, they talk about all these characters and he just makes up stories about the superheroes or calls them assholes. And the last uh, episode has a great, great cameo um, in the end of it too. But it's just, it's totally like that, that lane, but at a totally different level. And I think, you know, done, done really well. Like you said, James Gunn just did a great job on this story that I don't know how he sold it. And it's just funny because John Cena apparently did a show to improv and made the character his own and just made changes. And, and he was cool with it. It's just the dynamics. You just want to hang out with them. I could have watched 10 more episodes for sure. So I'm excited about the, uh, the new season whenever well, that comes out. My deal guys is as much as I like watching stuff, I fall asleep. I I've just been so tired. So I'll just fall asleep at like seven o'clock, seven 30, eight o'clock. It took me like almost three days to like actually like get through the eternals. Like I would like restart it and be like, okay, I'm finishing it tonight. I'll just fall asleep. I was just been so exhausted. Um, I, I don't, bl- I don't blame you for that, but <laughs> it's so tough, man, to stay. So I, I haven't been able to watch that much stuff because I just, I've been so out of it. Um, I guarantee you'll so. stay awake and they're like 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. It, it's oh, kind of really? cool. It's kind of cool. You can watch them, you know, all at once because watching them on a weekly thing, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was actually like, fuck, when, when does it come out again? Is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? So yeah, I think you'll I know it's later. the most frustrating thing when you, when it was Wednesday and my wife and I were like, we had something to look forward to mm-hmm. and they're like really hard day. And they were like, oh man, it's Wednesday. Yep. It comes out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. 
But yeah, um, w- w- what you said earlier um, about his character, he's he's like a more talkative version of Drax, where he's some things will kind of like go over his head, but he's extremely sensitive, and that's what <laughs> makes him compelling. So I wonder what Guardians Three is going to be like now. I wonder if James Gunn even really cares if it's just going to be like, eh. It seems like all the momentum's just kind of sucked out of how great the first one was at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure he'll find a way to pump it back in there, but I don't know if it's going to be like uh, this "Hills Have Eyes" Nightmare on Elm Street kind of mentality, right. where he's like, "I'll do this because I'm contractually obligated. I have to do it." Um, but my my heart and everything is in this lane. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know the actors wanted him to come back so bad for you know. Well, also, it sounds like it's the the last one, at least in that iteration. So maybe it'll yeah. you know bring some more motivation to to close it out well or to have something like that. But yeah, yeah it seems awesome. like that's going to be his last thing for Marvel. Yeah, uh, he's been hired as like the full TV guy for DC. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much. He's going to be right. handling a lot of that creatively. Good because the Marvel shows uh, they're okay. Yeah, they, they, that, that's part of my spot that I've been getting through. I watched halfway through um, Hawkeye and I watched halfway through Loki and I have to catch up on these uh, Star Wars shows too. So that's on my list. To, I know I need to get caught up before any new Marvel movies come out since they kind of kind of draw on it and have uh, little pieces that you can take with you to the next one. But Loki was the best one out of yeah, all of them. Yeah, I, I um, agree uh falcon and the winter soldier was okay it was like just like a just an entertaining kind of yep. thing yeah um, yeah it was all right uh i wasn't the biggest fan of wanda vision um but i i still enjoyed it and still find it compelling um, yeah I, I think it had it going for it was the first one so everyone had a lot of excitement going into it and getting more of it and now it's like all right sure we have a, enough content with four movies last year and four tv shows it's like yeah and um, i didn't watch hawkeye yes yeah, i haven't finished it i hated the first two episodes um so i just didn't believe that it was going to pick up and then i was seeing all these reviews saying that it does and i was just like okay i mean it's only six episodes <laughs> um book of uh boba fett it's, it's okay um the last three episodes of it are pretty fantastic. Um, some of the like coolest Star Wars moments that have ever happened. Awesome. Um, but man, they just really poorly handled Boba Fett. It's like That's what I heard. <laughs> they just didn't give him the credit. Um, and I think they should have kept the genie in the bottle. Like I don't, I don't right. like seeing his. I don't like seeing his face. Um, Look at I, Mando. Mando's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the whole thing, the whole point for him to not have it is because he's not a part of the Mandalore. And so he can just take off the mask and everything. But the moments where it's most cool for him is when he has the helmet on. And because right. um, his voice is controlling enough, but when you have like a, right. a, a bald, middle weight, uh, middle aged man uh, getting in a water tank to heal his wounds and. Aquaman's dad, and that who that is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Timu, Timu. He was. I mean, he's in the he's in the prequel trilogy, but you know. Yeah. When he had hair. Yeah. When he had hair, you know. Well, yeah, I'll probably been, never watch it. 
it's been uh, awesome uh, catching up and I'm glad we did this. Hopefully we can do, do some kind of regular. I don't know if, what the, you know, how, how often it'll be, but I definitely enjoyed it. And I think fresh would be a good one to bring we'll us back all back fresh. for uh for review for that. And like you guys said, we have a, a wide range of movie taste. So totally cool with uh, obviously, you know, reviewing the horror movies, but I think there's a lot to talk about that everyone watches. I know horror fans are, um, you know, not totally myopic, but you know, <laughs> enjoy horror movies. But <laughs> right. uh, I think a lot of people who listen to movie podcasts are, are big movie movie fans in general. So it'll be fun talking about, you know, things as they, as they come up and, and ones that are adjacent or just whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Cause it's our podcast. So exactly. I feel like we need to talk about the Batman though. Oh, like that's, oh right. that's too huge. And there's I some wait. horror elements to it. Hell yeah. It yeah, looks dark, dude, but something in the way is a creepy song. I think that song's kind of haunting and they used it incredibly in the trailer. Well, yeah, look out for, for next episode. We'll be talking some some fresh and and some Batman in March. So so thanks for uh thanks for hanging out with us and checking out the new episode.